If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anatar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, I've known Chris for uh, close to 20 years. Our relationship goes back to when I was at Utah, and he was the number one strength coach. And really, he he was doing sports performance before sports performance became uh, a high priority in in college sports. And so I've known him. I've studied him. uh, We've had a relationship. I vetted him thoroughly along with our general manager and owner. feel great about the hire, about his expertise at that uh, at that position. So we've edited them thoroughly and sports performance is going to be a high, high priority as it, as it really in the last probably, I don't know, 10 years, really certainly at Ohio State, that became, if not the most important, you guys know my relationship with Coach Marotti at Ohio State, but, uh, this, this, this whole from strength training, ta- uh, training room, physical therapy, sports psychology, nutrition, that all fun- falls under the sports performance, uh, team umbrella. And I wanted to get the best of the best. The best of the best is something that Urban Meyer has said quite often, not only in uh, hiring a staff and assembling a staff, but also best for his players, best for everybody in the building to try to find success at the NFL level, a top-notch organization. But are you willing to do it with controversy? And Urban Meyer says, yes, I am. Brent Martineau back here, right across the street from Clemson University. Trevor Lawrence, throw day tomorrow. We'll be here for it. We are at TD's Restaurant in Clemson, South Carolina. Action Sports Jack's Austin Lane addressed this issue at the top of the show, but it is a trending story, but it's a big story, and one that has some different tentacles to it, and a risky move at that for Urban Meyer, undoubtedly. In this 30-person coaching staff, Chris Doyle comes in, And you usually don't bring up the strength coach that often Uh, in these kind of days. You're talking about the offense coordinator, defense coordinator, special teams, all these other things like we've talked about during the show. But this is the headline. Is Chris Doyle hired by Urban Meyer, who obviously has experience with. But the story on Doyle is allegations of racist remarks, bullying at Iowa, and enough to force him out at the University of Iowa last summer under Kirk Ferentz. And here he is now some, what, eight months later, hired by Urban Meyer and employed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I guess quite simply, Austin, it doesn't matter for the sake of this part of the story how good he is at his job. Was this the right move or wrong move for Urban Meyer? Yeah, I mean, obviously he was one of the best at his job because sometimes you say it's not about the money, it's what the money represents. And he was the highest paid strength coach in Iowa in the entire country. So it goes to show you just how good he is at his job. With that being said, and listen, I've been pretty adamant about the, the coaching hires and, and whatnot. You know, I mean, I've said, like, yeah, I mean, it's not bad. But like, listen, I'm going to let Urban Meyer do his thing until I can't trust him anymore in terms of the coaching personnel. Right, like I think Joe Cohen's a great coach. Now I'm biased with that, but I think he's going to be a great defensive coordinator here. 
On the offensive side of the ball, yeah, I, I think they're good coaches. I think they're good signings. But I'm trusting Urban with that, right? Because this is obviously his show. He's running the whole thing, and he's going to put his best foot forward. But to me, this is a little bit – this, I can't just say, okay, I trust Urban in this one. I get it. They're, they're, they're friends of 20 years. Urban's worked with this guy before. But I've always said this. You know what kind of coach somebody is? is how his past players speak about him. Whether it's a football coach, a strength and conditioning coach, or even a teacher per se, right? And if you look at who's come out and said things about, you know, Doyle, I mean, I'm I'm reminded of Jaleel Johnson. Jaleel Johnson, I think, was a fourth-round pick out of Iowa, plays the Minnesota Vikings now, defensive tackle. You know, I mean, he's made it to the league. He, He has no reason to be petty or call anybody out. But he's one of the first guys that came forward and said the biggest reason, uh, the biggest problem right now at Iowa and what's going on there in terms of, you know, the the racial tension, all that stuff is because of Coach Doyle. It's exactly what he said. Okay, that's a that's an NFL player, uh, a former player under Doyle. So when you have it, he's not the only one. Jaleel Johnson's not the only guy I'm talking about here. There's been numerous guys that have come out and spoke against Coach Doyle. So when you have guys come out and say that stuff. There has to be a red flag raised, okay? And, and there has to be a conversation about it because this isn't just an accusation of, well, this guy coached me too hard or this guy yelled at me too much. There's a difference here. And I just question the decision right now in 2021 when obviously we are looking under these types of situations under a microscope right now. And while I, we should have been celebrating, all right, the coaches are finally announced, the biggest story on the news cycle, whether it's local, national, have, have it be, is the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars now are hiring a guy that comes with some controversy from Iowa. Well, it's interesting because uh, Urban Meyer obviously comes with his own set of what we had called in the past kind of baggage. People talk about what it is. Uh, and, you know, I, I feel... The Urban Meyer stuff alone, how he left Florida, how he left Ohio State, obviously there was the Zach Smith stuff and how he handled that. And so whatever side you fall on, I think that's some of the angst against Urban Meyer is because of some of those things. Now, this is a different issue, but I'm just saying some of that baggage, if you will, or some controversy um, that people debate. And now I will say this on that trip up to his hometown and, and some of the vetting we did along the way and people we talked to, the word loyal was a big part of it. And I just couldn't help but think of today, Austin, when he hires Chris Doyle and he talks about his 20-year relationship with him, that loyalty. And there's a sense that the loyalty got Urban Meyer in trouble with the Zach Smith situation because of the Earl Bruce connection back at Ohio State. There was that loyalty there. And loyalty can be a good thing, but loyalty can get you in some trouble. And today, it's, I don't know about getting in trouble, but people are talking about it and and asking the question, is this the right move? Is this the right time? I think we also have to represent on the Doyle side of things, as there have been allegations and people have come out and talked against him. And also, he was eventually relieved of his duties at Iowa. So there had to be something there along the way. He has also had many people defend him, uh, at least in the articles and things that I've read, uh, not just today, but in the past. So just to represent it fully on on that front. But it's interesting the combination of Urban and what he's dealt with in the past and sometimes been willing to deal with and then what he's doing here. And I kind of told Marcel on the ride up, 
Urban has this sense of, at least from my opinion, that he doesn't care what you think. He doesn't care what I think. He doesn't care what you know the average Joe guy thinks. He doesn't care what the ESPN analyst thinks. He's going to do whatever it takes to win. And so, again, right or wrong, I think this is a move that showcases that. I also, I get the sense, and I asked somebody this too, do you get the sense this job title for Doyle is not necessarily around the players as much as he, like Schlegel's the strength and conditioning coach, and Doyle is the director of sports performance, which means all of those folks will report to him. How do you view that? Because this is a guy, obviously, that's been around players for 20 years at Iowa, and for some players it wasn't a comfortable situation. And so what I'm kind of wondering is, will he be around players, or is he just viewing this stuff from an office? Well, I mean, first of all, he's going to be around players, in my opinion. Because any time that, and once again, director of sports performance, that's a new title. It's a title I haven't really heard a lot of. But any time you're Yeah, Jackson never had that. Correct. But any time that you're dealing with athletes in terms of, you know, weightlifting in terms of conditioning things like that it's all about feedback it's it's all about you know developing a game plan for that specific athlete depending on the position depending on you know if they have an injury things like that and it's about communication so chris doyle in my opinion wouldn't be you know so coveted at his job if he didn't have the communication standpoint so to answer your question i think chris doyle is going to be doing a lot of communication with these jaguars players now with that being said Am I worried about that? And I've kind of alluded to this a little bit to open the show out. I'm not worried about Chris Doyle being bad for the culture, okay? Because one of two things are going to happen. Either he's going to fit right in and the players will accept him, or maybe something that happened in Iowa is going to happen here in the Jackson locker room, and he will be – it's not like in college football. It's not like we're guys going to be like, well, I'm worried about losing a scholarship and I don't want to speak out of – no. If there's truly something going on, it will be brought to light immediately, and it will be dealt with accordingly, whether it's verbal altercation or sometimes maybe even physical. Like, and I'm not exaggerating. Like, that's what's going to happen. So I'm not worried about from that standpoint. But what I'm worried about now is the fact that we, we've been saying this, this is going to be a, a brand-new rebuild. Urban Meyer's coming in. It's going to be a fresh face. It's going to be a culture rebrand, all this type of stuff. And to me, you bring in a guy who's not necessarily an on-the-field coach. He's not an offensive guru. He's not this defensive mastermind. He's a guy that's involved with the weightlifting part of it, the sports psychology part of it, which is definitely important. Don't get me wrong. And it's an important part of the culture. But you're bringing in a guy now that has you know some red flags to him in a time where it's underneath the microscope and in a time when your main goal should be right now is getting people excited, obviously, and making sure that locker room is in place to go to the next step forward and buy in. And I think if you bring a guy like that, maybe some players are going to be like, yeah, we're going to buy in, but what's up with this Chris Doyle signing? I think, I think a lot of players yeah, would I, be like that. Yeah, and I think that was a fair question for people who come in and, and ask about that situation, given the headlines of Iowa and what happened at Iowa. Uh, Mike Golick Jr. just talked uh, on ESPN moments ago about this situation. Kuz, if you don't mind playing Mike Golick Jr. You would not normally invite this level of controversy around the hire of your, again, sports performance director, unless you were counting on two things. One, 
you were counting on that there weren't going to be any more issues like this at the pro level. Because at the pro level, you don't have as much power and influence there, and you sure as hell can't talk to grown folks the way that you talk to college athletes. Part of the problem that we saw in Iowa and that fact, because the second part is we'd find out very quick if you did, because these players are allowed to talk. These players are paid well, and they are empowered in all of this, and so they would be able to talk. So the bet is that none of this will be an issue because the dynamic with players is an issue, and the bet, quite frankly, Janae, is that after those couple of questions that Urban Meyer took there, our short attention spans are going to take hold, the news cycle is going to win, and they're not going to have to deal with this anymore. Uh, it's really interesting stuff from Mike Golick Jr. because it, it's he echoes basically what Austin Lane said. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a problem, it's going to be dealt with in a big time. Crazy. It's like you've been hanging that. around with Junior, right? You've yeah, been hanging no, around with Mike Golick Jr. Yeah. I mean, he, no, well, Golick Jr. just said that like yeah. within the last hour. So nice job uh, from Kuz. We're going to hear from Marcus Spears in a moment. But before we get there, Kuz, that last part of what Michael, Mike Golick Jr. just said I think is interesting. Because I heard you talking in the top of the show, and I heard you just uh, saying just now, the optics of this, right? Uh, it's a little black eye on Urban Meyer. Is it, is it slow the, the momentum of the offseason? What does it look like from the outside? The national folks are talking about this. I don't know if this is a bad representation for Jacksonville. I think this is on Urban Meyer because everybody knows that Urban Meyer is calling these shots. And, yes, Urban Meyer's were in the logo. So maybe it is a bad representation to Jacksonville for the moment. But I've always said this, Austin, about these these coaches and players that get second chances and controversy that follows. And I think what Mike Golick Jr. just said, I think, is an important note. This is going to be a story today on our show and on shows around the country. It might linger into tomorrow. The next time after tomorrow that we're talking about this topic with Chris Doyle, the director of strength and performance, will be when the players come in and we ask them about it. Okay, and it's a fair question to players. How do you feel about that? That might last for a day or two, and someone might say something that draws a headline, and the national folks talk about it as well. Once those two settings are done, Austin, the topic is over until something goes wrong. And if something doesn't go wrong, you never hear about it again. But if something goes wrong... Well, then that's all on Urban Meyer. That's the risk he took. He made his own bed, and he brought that situation and that black eye into Jacksonville. And so I always say that about these kind of, whether it was Antonio Brown coming in, you name your situation. How many times did people in Tampa talk about Antonio Brown after the initial time they talked about Antonio Brown? Not much until something goes wrong. If Antonio Brown had done something else, we would have talked about it more. But he didn't. Instead, it just was clean, and they went on to win the Super Bowl. So from an optic point of view, it's a bad day potentially for Jacksonville today, tomorrow, maybe one other day in the spring when we talk to players. But I think then that's it. We're, we're not even talking about a guy who's highly visible within the building. No, you're not wrong there. But there's two sides to this thing. There's our side, the media side, and then there's the locker room side. Okay, now with Antonio Brown, yes, he's had his history. Yes, he's done some very stupid and immature things. But I guarantee a lot of guys in that Buccaneers locker room welcome, welcomed Antonio Brown with open arms because they know what type of football player he is. And they know they're going to help him win a Super Bowl. From the title of, you know, sports performance coach or whatever you want, you want to call it, that's different. And like I just said, I mean, you have guys right now that are in the NFL, like Julio Johnson, the Minnesota Vikings, who said that, you know, Doyle was the problem there in Iowa, who obviously don't hold Doyle to a very high regard right now. Now, I'm not sure there's anybody from the Iowa team that's on the Jaguars. I don't think so. But, like, that question has to be asked as well. 
is, is how do the players think about it? Because I'll put it in my shoes. If I was in that locker room right now and I see that guy got hired, I would ask questions about it. I, I would have conversations with my teammates about it. How could you not? Because how, how much do we talk about how self-aware the modern NFL athlete is right now? So we're talking about it. I guarantee guys in the locker room are talking about it right now. And I wonder what those conversations are going to be like. Now, obviously, something has, to, something has to happen, right? Whether it's a team meeting behind closed doors, Urban addresses the situation, whether you know Coach Doyle comes forward and addresses it himself. But there has to be some type of dialogue that takes place to make sure everyone's good and on the same page. Because there's going to be questions that locker room asks, just like we're asking questions right now on the radio. I'm glad you just said that because I want to stay on this for a moment, and, and we'll hear from Marcus Spears in a moment. But why? What would those conversations sound like, Austin? Would it be murmuring? Would it be anger? Would it be curiosity? And if, and I think Urban Meyer said this in his news conference, I'm pretty sure I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think he said he will address it when he addresses the team. Yeah. I think he said that. Uh, and so if he does that, and maybe there are private conversations with, with Doyle, is is that enough? Is that okay? Will it be a cloud that hangs over in constant conversation? Uh, will somebody have a good buddy that played for Iowa or Johnson, who you're referring to, even though he's not here in Jacksonville? How do you see that? Uh, because you've been there before. I'm not saying you've been there around controversy, but yeah. uh, when you have something like this in a climate where this has been a big conversation piece to begin with yeah. over the last 12 to 18 months. Yeah, I'm really curious from a player's perspective how much day to day that hangs out. You, you know what? Um, even back back when I played, like let's be honest here, when I retired back in 2014 until now, Brent, I mean the landscape was completely different, right? Like we we've, we've seen the team march on racial injustice. Okay, so those conversations are taking part every single day in locker rooms, and they, and to the most point, they did back when I played, but I think it's amplified now. But like to my to answer your question, I guess like how would the players receive it, and like what's happening right now? I'll say it from my perspective. Did you ever hear the rumor that the uh, I think it was a defensive coordinator at Utah, Morgan Scully, was rumored that maybe Jacksonville was interested in him, and, and Urban Meyer they had a, they had a connection or something like that, and there was a rumor going around that Scully yeah. was going to be coming to Jacksonville. Now with him files his own sense of uh, of, of troubling stuff, and and the um, it, you know he was accused of using the N word in a text message, and it turns out he actually did. Okay, and he got suspended for that, and then he got brought back on. But I remember when I heard that there was a rumor of him coming here, and I'm talking about not from a player's perspective. I'm talking about from a media member's perspective. I remember thinking, like, I got to cover this dude. Like, I got to talk about this dude if he comes here. I maybe have to put a microphone in front of this guy's face after what I have read about him. Like, I didn't want to do that. And that's me being from the media. So now go ahead and amplify that to a player who has to deal with that guy every single day. No, that never transpired. He's still in Utah. It is what it is. But when we talk about, you know, once again, the the, the special performance coach, whatever you want to call it, I think there are going to be some players in that locker room that have some raised eyebrows right now, as they should. Now, how that's addressed, maybe we'll never know. But there's definitely some raised eyebrows right now. It's as simple as that. By the way, Davion Nixon, I think I'm saying that name right. Davion Nixon is the an Iowa defensive tackle who's like a top – 50 guy on Daniel Jeremiah's board who's from Iowa, went to Iowa. So there's a chance that guy could end up in Jacksonville, no doubt. 
Mm-hmm. Jags have three picks in the top 33. They need defensive tackle help. Guy like Davion Nixon ends up here. That would be an interesting conversation, right? No doubt on draft day um, with that relationship. I got to ask you two more things um, about this, and I still want to hear from Marcus Spears. Uh, actually, let's hear from Marcus Spears right now, Coos, and then I'll ask uh, Austin on the other side. Like, how tone deaf do you have to be to hire a guy in this at in this time in the country in this league of the things that we've been dealing with? How like who gets that pass? Outside of Urban Meyer and this coach door that's coming in with these these things that transpired at Iowa. So listen, I'm not I'm I'm not going to act like this is cool because it's not. I won't tell everybody this is not cool. That's Marcus Spears a short time ago on ESPN, uh, very adamant against uh, the hiring of Chris Doyle. And this that's that's a perfect segue into what I want to ask you. In this um, instance, you have said in the past that you you give me a domestic situation and you don't believe the NFL guys deserve a second chance. No. I have that right? Yeah, I mean, so, you've been pretty, you've been no, consistent. No, with I've that. been very adamant about this, and here's how I feel about it. I feel like, and I've talked about this before, but real quick, I feel like any time that you feel the need to put your hands on a woman. And you need to feel the need to physically assault a woman. I don't care your upbringing. I don't care where you came from. Like, that's a personality disorder. Like, that's not just something that you're out of line. Like, there is something clinically, I think, that's messed up with that. And um, to say, I'm sorry, it wasn't me. Like, no. Like, that's that's a serious allegation. That's a serious accusation. If it comes out to be true, I feel like you shouldn't belong in the NFL football. And then the National Football League. Sorry. Okay. And, and yet, you've been very consistent with that. And so I just yeah. wanted to preface it with this question of where do you fall on the second chance of this topic? Uh, whether we were talking, you were, it, maybe you ended up teammates as a, a Riley Cooper, uh, if you go back to the Eagles days. You mentioned the Utah guy that, that you would be uncomfortable with, um, given the nature of what happened. The Doyle stuff is less specific, I will say. Right. Unless I've missed something, I can't seem to find somebody that says he said this to me um, in terms of and it's been proven. So it was more alleged stuff. If I so I I guess I'm just asking you, you know, as a black man, where and a former player who's you've been adamant about the domestic situation. Yes. Where do you fall on this situation uh, with whether it's a teammate, a player, a coach? Or, or anyone, so, really. So, so it's uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, I'm where I stand about that. You bring up a good example, Riley Cooper. Riley Cooper's at a, a concert, uh, belligerently drunk, videos everywhere, and he says a racial expletive. Okay, let's say that's my teammate. How do I respond to that? Well, he's my teammate. Okay, and one could say, you know, a, a, a cliche term, but he's my brother. So we have to have a conversation about it, and the conversation goes from there. But this is the difference. And, and, and to be honest, would I accept Riley Cooper? I'm not sure. I, I would still share a football field with Riley Cooper because, you know what, I played football with a lot of guys that I didn't really respect, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, and those are stories that maybe will never be hashed, but there's a couple guys who I didn't really have any respect for whatsoever. But I stood, I still understood, like, listen, we got to go out there and win a football game, okay? And when we cross the white lines, I'm depending on you to do your job to keep me safe, and I'll keep you safe. Okay, so that's how I feel from from the, the the teammate perspective, but from a coaching perspective, or from a position of power, I feel differently. 
if we bring race into it, and once again, I'm not sure if it was ever proven, like you just said, that, that Doyle was found guilty. I don't know about that. But if someone's found guilty of using that type of language or singling out a player because he's black or whatever the case may be, and I'm a player in that locker room and he that guy's in a position of power telling me what to do, I have an issue of that. Now, I'm not going to say I'm going to request a trade, anything like that, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be very happy with the situation, and I would definitely voice my concern. Yeah, uh, fairly said. I knew you'd be uh, good on that topic, and that's why I want to ask you that question. I also want to ask you one other question. We're going to take a break. I don't want to get too late here. When we come back on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, think about this during the break, Austin, whether you want to answer it, number one, or, or whether it's happened. The Doyle kind of conversation, the, the things that, from a bullying, racially insensitive, uh, have you been around football for a long time? Mm-hmm. Have you seen that from coaches? Sure. Uh, I yeah. want to ask you that. Yeah. And I, whether it's specific examples or simply yes or no, I'm interested at in what you say. Also, there's a lot of comments and reaction, not only here uh, in Jacksonville, although I'm in South Carolina, but around the country. Uh, so we continue to see what the reaction is to this Urban Meyer hire uh, today as his staff comes together. Brett Martineau in South Carolina. It's Trevor's town, and he throws tomorrow morning. We'll be here for it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 rolls on from South Carolina right after this. Brent Martineau. This is an email. Why is WWE Wrestling not being shown on Friday night? Austin Lane. Thank you very much. Read it right now. Read it right now. This I could just be for did. Me. Why oh, is that, WWE? That's, that's it. I mean, it? that's why I thought. I don't know. I mean, Rowan's yeah. only five. I don't know how many sentences he can make. Yeah, Smart some, kid. Somebody but. might have proofread it for him. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, Shad was involved with our, our high-end... Uh, hires and uh he was very he was involved uh the one thing i'm very confident is that i would imagine within a year or two we'll have the best sports performance team in the national football league as far as you know last few years we've had serious issues with injuries i want to say 63 games were missed on the just the defensive side of the ball because of injuries where in 2017 there are only two so keeping players healthy at their Maximum performance is a high, high priority for, and and mine has really changed over the years about the priority of that. Uh, In Ohio State, we became, you know, I'm very biased, but we became the best in college football. Now our job is to make sure we become the best in professional football. Well, that is Urban Meyer, and really a lot to digest there. Uh, Listen, uh, the Chris Doyle topic continues. It's been a topic at the start of our show. It's a topic on TVs I see here at TD's Restaurant uh, around the country. The Jags hire a strength and performance coach, and it comes with baggage. Iowa let him go last summer because of racial insensitive comments uh, and bullying allegations uh, from former players. And that's the story that comes with Chris Doyle. Urban Meyer has a relationship potentially loyal to a fault, uh, getting a lot of criticism today for this hire of Chris Doyle. But it's obvious and apparent that Urban Meyer believes that putting up with the outside noise of this and potential inside noise is worth it because of his ability in uh, the strength and performance area of what Urban and, and the Jags are going to do. And this is the question we ask all the time, Austin Lane, about players. Is Antonio Brown worth the headache? Are guys like that worth it? Well, what do you say? Talent outweighs the distraction. It's really hard for me to come around to, this guy is that much better at his job 
than anybody else Urban could have hired. And so the talent outweighs the distraction. But I guess that's the way Urban believes. Yeah, I mean, you get this sense from this hiring, obviously. Like, listen, in the NFL, teams are pretty comparable, right? And you take any advantage that you can give. So you get this sense with this hiring, it's like this guy in Doyle gives you just that little extra. Just that little, little extra with Chris Doyle where it's going to put you over the top to be a successful team. Now, do I buy into that? I don't know. Because I've, I've said time and time again, you know what? And Urban wants, Urban wants to be a little biased. I'm biased as well. And I, I think Tom Wazinski is one of the best strength and conditioning coaches on the market. Just, just regardless of football, anything, I'm saying if you got, need a guy to train you that's going to take care of you but obviously push you and work you out to become your best you know, version of yourself, I'm all for Milo. And, and, and I've been with a couple of guys on different teams, and Miles sticks out to me as the guy who was ahead of the curve but who was still old school enough uh, to bring out your best. So that's how I feel about it. Now, I don't know much about Chris Doyle. I don't know his philosophies. I don't know what, what made him the highest-paid strength and conditioning coach in college. I'm not sure. But all I know is that there are some great guys out there, and I'm not quite sure what makes Chris Doyle so great where it's the standpoint of we had to have this guy in here despite what people might say about him. Yeah, well, Urban Meyer's doing it anyway. And we talked at the last half hour about this situation, but I did want to ask this final question to you. As a former player, as a guy who's played around – you know, NFL players and in the NFL for a few years, uh, in college football. You've obviously been around football for a long time now. Uh, This situation, uh, I mean, this isn't like a just Chris Doyle situation. These are situations that we're talking about for really for a long, long time, but have come to full light in the last year, if you will, and, and then some. Racially insensitive potential remarks, bullying. Is that a common thing? in the world that you lived in amongst coaches amongst in football in general um to answer that yeah, qu- in, yeah, in yeah your yeah, line of work yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know me man i'm i'm super transparent um while i may protect people um i always kind of peel back the curtain as much as i can especially when it comes to my football career and i, I can honestly say off the top of my head and then i've done some reflection on this as well but as i sit here today me personally, I never once experienced any form um, of racism in terms of high school, um, in terms of college football, or in terms of the pros um, in dealing with people. Now, that's the culture that I was a part of, but I, I've shared this before on the show, and I've shared this on Twitter. Um, at the combine, I, I, you could say I was asked some racial stuff. You know, my um, I was yeah, asked yeah. that if I if I smoked weed because I have dreadlocks. You know, now whether that's racial or not, I'm not sure. I think that's labeling somebody. But that was a question that I was asked at a team meeting: was you have dreadlocks, so you must smoke weed? And I didn't. And I answered truthfully. And that uh, that question was kind of pushed a little more, saying, are you sure? Are you lying to us? Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, yeah, I really don't. Just because I have dreadlocks. I just like dreadlocks. It is what it is. So that uh, stands out to me a little bit. But as far as a locker room atmosphere, as far as a team atmosphere is concerned, I never experienced that. So do you think uh, the Chris Doyle situation is more of an outlier, or do you think you were just fortunate? Do you even know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, like, listen, like, obviously, 
you read a bunch of stories. Uh, you know, s- some guys in passing on other teams ha- have shared stories. This is more like on the collegiate level than it ever was in the pro level. Um, what was I fortunate? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I was obviously fortunate because nobody wants to go through that. You know, no- nobody wants to be a black athlete and have to go through any kind of, uh, you know, s- s- r- racism in any form. But I think that even back when I played, you know, the game, I don't think it was really that prevalent because we do live even back then, Brent, back in 2010, when I was a college football player or, you know, my senior year and then I became a pro. Um, even back then, when when something would have been said in a, in a racial tone, that would have been reported like that, that would have got out and those people would have been held accountable. And especially now with uh, the modern era NFL athlete where everything um, is talked about, where players have, you know, they're they're not afraid to come forward and, and use their power and use their platform. Um, I don't think it's that prevalent in the NFL, to say the least. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Uh, some of the comments, uh, by the way, I appreciate your, your thoughts on it. Uh, you've lived the life, so you yeah. can shed some light on it. Uh, Kuz, my eyes are getting so bad that I can't see the stream chat. Uh, on my computer, even though I've, I've gone full screen. Uh, so I can't really make out who said what. But some of the comments, I can see the best of the best crap getting Urban in trouble now, not starting out on a good note. People deserve second chances, and free agents follow the money. Uh, Timmy, just remember, I didn't want Urban Meyer to start. So if the floor uh, folks falls out there out. Tail on Urban Meyer coattail. Oh, falls out. Okay. Yeah. Meyer coattail. All right. I like Urban Rex, but this the best of the best stuff is already giving him blind insight. I like the strength coach from both Bama and Iowa. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So a couple, you got 100% on your too, eye test there. One of them was, <laughs> holy cow, man. I mean, it's like, whoa, Brent, you got to get your eyes checked. Uh, and like terrible, terrible, terrible was one of them. We really have a lot of comments throughout the show, so we appreciate you jumping in on it. Uh, I do want to share this one other comment, and then uh, we'll we'll put this story to rest at least for now. And I'm going to look it up real quick, guys. But Sarah Spain, who we had on the show last week, and this is just an idea of some of the national attention this story is getting. Sarah Spain uh, tweeted about an hour ago, so which would the football world rather admit to? And by the way, Sarah Spain from ESPN, Spain and Fitz, 7 o'clock on ESPN radio across the country. Yeah. So which would the football world rather admit to? One, there's a shortage of decent men in football, so it's inevitable that we need to hire bad guys even after they've revealed to be racist slash abusive. Or two, there are decent men available, we just don't care if we hire bad guys. Hmm. And uh, it's those are the kind of comments that are coming out around the country about this. And um, it's a lot to digest there, too. (laughs) But I would say I would say if I had to pick one or the other there and I'm not saying those are the only options, but I would probably pick number two. I think winning is of so much importance that sometimes the bad guy stuff and I'm not just talking coaches. We talk players, too. And, and this could go for any business. There's a lot of bad people that make a lot of money for businesses, and they keep them. So I would probably go number two there. I, I just think we don't care if you hire bad guys sometimes. One, we believe in them. We're loyal to them. One, we think second chances. But really, at the end of the day, we think they're so good at their job, we need them to win. That's what I think I would interpret it as. Yeah, Absolutely. 
you know, and I've and once again, I agree with you. I hate to agree with you so much, but here we are again. I think it's number two as well, and I think that especially in the NFL, it's about who you know, and it's about being comfortable, and you surround yourselves with those guys that are comfortable. Are they always the best options? No, and that's the catch twenty two and the hypocrisy of the NFL. It's that winning is supposed to be the top priority. But then you surround yourself, and this isn't a shot at Urban, because I'm just saying in the football field in general, you surround yourself with guys that are comfortable, that aren't the best possibly suited, but winning is supposed to be the top priority. That's the, that's the hypocrisy of professional football, ladies and gentlemen. All right, one more look at this entire coaching staff. And Trevor Lawrence throwing in Clemson, South Carolina. Tomorrow the Jags will be here. So will other teams. What will it look like? What will it mean? We talk about Trevor Lawrence to finish up a Thursday on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Live from TD's restaurant across from Clemson University. Uh, I will be there, yes. Um, I know that uh, Coach Meyer's going, I'm going, uh, and Brian Schottenheimer's going. You know, I mean, obviously, we're going to have to do a great job of, you know, I, I think the most important things with the combine is the background and those kind of things. Um, there'll still be a pro day that we'll be able to get to, um, and, you know, we'll be there to watch all those guys throw in person because I think that's really important to see, you know, to see the ball come out of their hands. Um, but, we'll, you know, we'll have to use all the other stuff that at our disposal. We'll be able to use the Zoom calls. Obviously, we'll be on phone calls as well um, and everything that we have because this is, this is going to be a huge, um, you know, huge undertaking for us, you know, a, a, a very important pick, and we got to make a great decision. That is Daryl Bevel, new Jaguars offensive coordinator. I thought he was really good today. I, I really enjoyed listening to Bevel. I don't know him, and um, I, I I like the energy, you know, uh, and and uh, I appreciated that part of it, and, I, and was pretty candid too, you know, about Trevor Lawrence and about the. The situation and what's going on. I, I think this falls right back into, hey, the Jags are so fortunate. The Jags are fortunate because they don't have to vet Trevor Lawrence. The guy's unbelievable. They don't need to do a lot of homework. They're in a year where Zoom calls are going to take the cake. No NFL combine. Who knows about visits? This isn't like trying to pick between two borderline quarterbacks that might be the franchise guy. This isn't Johnny Manziel you have to go worry about. It's freaking Trevor Lawrence. It's like, just bring him to Jacksonville now. He doesn't even need to go throw tomorrow. We already said that. Brett Martineau here outside Clemson uh, University at TD's Restaurant. Trevor will throw tomorrow morning. Jaguars will be here. Urban Meyer uh, Brian Schottenheimer, the passing game coordinator, <laughs> Daryl Bevel, and maybe more. I'm assuming Trent Balky will be here, and probably others. Over under, remember now tomorrow, Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Shack Studios. It's 13 and a half. How many NFL teams will be here? Yeah, Over yeah. under. Yeah. Who you ta- what are you taking? What, what is it? Over it's, under 13 and a half. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably, you know, I'll try to take the over just because, like, scouts, there's going to be scouts there just because they want to see what Trevor Lawrence can do. They want to see it in person. They want to see how the workouts ran. So I'll take the over. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the under just to disagree with you. Sure. Be like, we don't have a shot at Trevor Lawrence. Heck, there's already a couple of teams that have two first-round picks, so that eliminates others. Like, yeah. Houston doesn't need to be here, right? See, no, no, for uh, sure, for sure. I just the, think, the Rams don't need to be here. Yeah, I, I just think from like a scouting perspective of going forward, like, hey, all right, remember what Trevor Lawrence looked like at his pro or at his workout? What does this guy this year look like? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think they're going to yeah, use that's it a good idea. as like a, you know, kind of like a, I don't know how to describe it, it just kind of like as a, a baseline going forward of like what Trevor Lawrence looked like. 
hey, do you think what's the headline tomorrow when I'm live at noon on CBS 47 following the Price is Right from Clemson, South Carolina, outside the facility where I did not watch the pro day? Yes. What's the headline? Oh, baby, did Trevor Lawrence look good. Man, the ball yeah. pops out of his hand. Yeah, what, yeah. What's the headline tomorrow after the Listen, pro day for Trevor? It's And I was going to say this for tomorrow, but it's going to be that he, he looked brilliant because I've watched a couple of these before, right? And I've watched a couple of these before ran, ran by Jordan Palmer. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Trevor Lawrence completes every single pass 100%, whatever, he's 57-57, and we're all echoing that. Well, he's supposed to. Like this is this is his workout, right? Like this is this is designed for him to succeed. It's going to showcase his best attributes, and it's going to hide, you know, some of his worst ones. Which, by the way, he doesn't really have a worst attribute. It's Trevor Lawrence, for crying out loud. But I'm just saying, this is going to let him succeed. So I'm going to obviously be excited about. It. I'm going to watch him tomorrow. I'm not going to over exaggerate things and overreact to it. But I'm excited. And by the way, Trevor Lawrence. Take one victory formation, help the brand out, and help the show out. I'd appreciate that. That'd, that'd be awesome. Trevor, Here's the title tomorrow. Trevor Lawrence only needs one shoulder. I like that. That's it. I like it's that. It's the right one. Yes. Uh, hey, uh, we will be on TV tonight live from Clemson, uh, CBS 47, Fox 30. I'll be live in the morning show tomorrow at noon and reports all day. We'll be back at it tomorrow at 3 on ESPN 690. Live Local Loud coming up next. Who's, who's playing tonight at 7 on ESPN 690? Rockets he and Heat. Rockets and Heat. He told me like three minutes ago. I already sure forgot. Did. And by the way, if you're looking for a Valentine's gift, go on ESPN690.com. Get your significant other a Dream 18 card. Austin Lane, way to carry the show today. Thanks, man. Am I carrying it tomorrow as well? Yeah, we'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, and most likely, in, I'll probably do it again. Back. I'm going to carry it tomorrow. Can't wait, man. Cannot probably. Wait. I might do the show from the car tomorrow and have Marcel drive. We're going to try that, okay? Do what you got to do, man. All right. Have a good night. We'll see you on TV, everybody.